He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Bruno. No. Well, he's out there somewhere. I know the day we were recording this, on Monday, Bruno was getting his second COVID shot. So maybe there's... Okay, I'm here. Oh, thank Number you. one. Apparently a clock got the COVID get, shot. Let's get the story straight, Ron. Oh, sure, okay. All right. It's the first shot from Pfizer. I got mine today. Oh, you Thank wimp. you to Churchill Downs. I got mine today. It was a really great experience. You walk in. Uh, they really take care of you. You're in and out in 15 minutes. If you don't have any allergies, boom, gone, got home, and we've done a lot today. And I, but I will tell you, I am exhausted. I'm hydrated, oh, but exhausted. You wimp. I'm telling you. You know, some of us have had two shots, and we're ready to rock the world here. Oh, oh, rock the world. Oh, and there was a Freudian slip. Kentucky Derby fever, we're getting that. And talk about fever. The Zoom call Monday. Bruno, if you didn't get a little adrenaline rush from that, then I don't know what kind of shot you need. Well, I got to tell you, my man, Brian Lazarica, he's been with me for uh, almost four years now, and I've known him for about 15. And he handles Oakland. He does our Santa Anita through the rest of the year. And he is so much fun to talk horses with. He's more fun than you, Ron. You See, know, there's a shocker. You're, you're, yeah, shocker. You know, you're more like one of those dark ages noblemen. You know, you're very uh, tidy and, you know, you need uh, you tea and crumpets at 5 p.m. You know, where Brian and I just go back and forth. And sometimes it does get eaten, but that's who we are. He's got the, the Cuban blood. I got the Italian blood. Hell, you know, boom, mushroom cloud. But um, we really do, you know, do well doing together. And when he comes on the Zoom, he's got great opinions he's got a lot to talk about and really takes a lot of pressure off to me and i play off of him but before we did that (laughs) we went to the news of the day all right so there are two big stories really in horse racing now the kentucky derby field still a little bit in flux two horses came out of the field today which we had said last week was coming wayburn and proxy confirmed by churchill downs to be out of the race uh, their connections deciding to go in other directions. Weyburn, of course, finishing up the track in the wood. So there was reason to think, okay, there's another uh, direction there. And they're going to go to the Peter Pan, uh, of course, the traditional prep for the Belmont, which is back at Belmont Park this year. Uh, proxy out of the race uh, after just, you know, I mean, hasn't he's won. He's proxy. If anybody of you, if any of you bet proxy <laughs> on... On in the Lexington stakes, you should t- be taken out mm. and flopped. I had the winner in the lightly, Lexington lightly stakes. one or two, but yeah. because he was no good from day one. Also, uh, who could be hitting the shelf and, and just to punctuate who's definitely on the shelf. Greatest honor. We knew getting rested for two months. Life is good with the ankle chip. Uh, drain the clock is going to be turning back to one turn races. New treasure. 
uh, not in the race. Uh, we also know Rebels Romance is going to go to the Belmont Stakes from the UAE Derby, Spielberg being rested, and Jackie's Warrior. Trivia uh, answer, the three horses that have been favorites in futures betting since the fall for the Kentucky Derby were Life is Good, Essential Quality, and very early on, Jackie's Warrior, May 1st on Derby Day, will be in the Pat Day Mile. Now, there's three other horses that still have definite maybes on them. One uh, is the other Chad Brown, Crowded Trade. Chad told uh, the forum this weekend that they were leaning against sending Crowded Trade into the Derby, uh, maybe going Preakness there, and then putting all their cards in with Highly Motivated, of course, who, think about this, the last of the last 10 Kentucky Derby preps in the U.S. or the in Dubai, nine were won by a horse other than a favorite, and if it weren't for four strides at the end of the bluegrass, it would have been all 10 with essential quality against uh, Highly Motivated. Also, uh, possible exits from the race, you could be looking at uh, the horse that would come over as the second-place finisher in the UAE Derby, Panadol is described by his trainer, Salem bin Gadayer, as 70% to be coming over. And finally, concert tour. And this is the foggier one. I was I talked to Baffert and I sent a text to him saying, okay, third place finish didn't look good in the Arkansas Derby. He said to me on my podcast last week, you want to finish top two. If he's third, you better have a troubled trip. Well, there's no excuses for that third in the Arkansas Derby. So I texted him yesterday and asked, okay, is concert tour going to come to the Derby? And he just sent me a note back and he said, uh, I'll find it here. Came back well. Uh, and uh, it came out well. And then I asked again, Derby? And he said, came out well. So then I decided to take it up the uh, food chain a little bit. And I asked owner Gary West. And he said, not sure. That will be a last minute decision made by the trainer. Oh, really? Okay. Well, last minute would be a week from tomorrow uh, or two weeks from tomorrow when they do the entries and draw for the Derby on the Tuesday of Derby week. So those are the horses that provide us some intrigue as to whether they will be there or not. Right now, last five in our soup and sandwich, dynamic one, crowded trade, Sainthood and Rombauer now on the bubble at 20. And then you've got the first five that are out that would be coming in if there's any more defections. In this order, Hidden Stash, Dream Shake, Obesos, Get Her Number, and Hosier. So that's where we stand right now with the Derby field, still not 100% in place uh, for nearly three weeks from now. So that's the Derby. And the other thing I will mention, and uh, for those who haven't heard, you know, it's the, the move of the century. My wife and I are moving to Louisville, and we're going to be rolling out of Las Vegas on Wednesday. So on the way through the uh, heartland of America, we're going to be stopping in Hot Springs for what will be a pretty nice-looking marquee race that will be on Saturday in the Apple Blossom uh, with Monomoy Girl going up against Swiss Skydiver. And so that will be in the Apple Blossom Handicap and uh, the top weight going to Monomoy Girl at age six, her second race at that age, following up her win in the Bayacoa. She'll carry 124. Ties her for her career high. Swiss Skydiver will carry 122, two down from her career high, most recently winning the Beholder Mile, but one more pound than she carried when she finished a very troubled seventh in the Breeders' Cup Distaff, losing to Monomoy Girl. And there you have the news, Bruno. Thank you, Ron. Thank and you, Ron. Uh, we, uh, we hope you have a safe trip. 
Brian, we were talking about concert tour. Um, let's stay on that subject. You and I talked right after the Arkansas Derby. And by the way, I want to give Ron and Brian a shout out because both of them talked about Superstock, and I was not a believer. I thought a lot of things had to go wrong for Superstock to win. Um, obviously, I was dead wrong. Yes, you can write that down. I said it. Um, I'm very apt at saying I'm wrong, and I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Okay? I'll say it the way Andy Byers said it. I've been wrong one too many times. It just doesn't matter anymore. And I always lose my voice. So the whole thing, Brian, I thought that the horse that we got in in the Rebel, where he was toying with Caddo River, this time behind Caddo River early and restrained, he kind of acted like he did in the San Vicente. Yeah, he did. He was, um, you know, he was fighting again early and trying to go after him as opposed to when he crossed over on him in the Rebel and Rosario got, got a chance to have him settle down down the backside. And once it came the quarter, about the three-eighths of the quarter, you could just tell once he didn't kind of put Cato River away, you knew that he was, he was getting exposed and his distance limitations were just, you know, they were obviously on display throughout, you know, the stretch because he couldn't kick it in. But, I, I mean, I think that if I was Bob or I was the owners, I wouldn't go to the Derby. I think you, I think you have a very good miler. Same with Cattle River. I think they're seven-eighths, one mile is right up their alley. You might be able to get a mile and a sixteenth out of them. But going a mile and a quarter, you can both see that they were struggling in the stretch. And, I mean, they're very good horses, both of them. I mean, I wouldn't mind owning either one of them. But going a mile and a quarter, how can you really go into the Derby with any confidence with either one of them? Do you, uh, all of you, most of you were with us. Remember when we looked at Concert Tour in the San Vicente Stakes and we watched him coming down the lane and I said, look at him. He's all over the place. He's, he's, he's drifting. He's going in. Let's go watch it again. And you will see two different horses. So first of all, we are going to watch the San Vicente. And I'm going to repeat my comments I made that day. Okay, he's on the outside. Now, first of all, watch his demeanor coming out of the gate. He's aggressive. Look he wants at, to roll. He wants to roll, but look at the rider is grabbing a hold of him. He's behind Freedom Fighter. Look at him. He's ranked right there. Okay? He doesn't want to settle. He's wore more up and down, and you can see the rider. You could tell because the rider is basically going back and forth like he's holding him. It looks... Like me trying to walk Joe when he wants to run off. I look like a bobblehead doll. But you see the way he's moving. He's moving. He's under restraint and he's fighting the restraint. That in itself is taxing and can tire a horse. Now, picture this when he's going to do this to Cattle River in the, in the Arkansas Derby. Now he starts moving on. Now he lets, uh, lets out a notch and he picks it up. Look how he responds with Freedom Fighter. He doesn't go by. There he's coming out. Now he's coming in. Now he's going back out again. Now he's coming back in again. He looks like he's going to get beat, and he finds enough to win. When you watch it on the head-on, what you end up seeing, first of all, here's the head-on on the back stretch. You see how the jockey looks like a bobblehead? That means he is fighting this horse. Look at the head on the, on the leader, Freedom Fighter. 
It's not moving. This guy's got a bobblehead because he's trying to hold the horse back. Now we're going to look at him in the stretch. He's drifting out there. He's got to correct him. He comes in. He's going to go out again. He's really uncomfortable. That's a horse being really uncomfortable. He's not running straight. He moved about three pass. So now let's go and look at him in the in the uh, Rebel. He's decisively put into the race. Look at the rider telling him to go. Big, big difference. So now he's on the leads. Now, Cattle River now is uncomfortable. Now, Florence Giroux looks like a bobblehead doll. But look at Concert Tour. Look at those ears. He is loving it. He is feeling the chase, and he is just absolutely. Can you you guys tell the difference? Big difference. He is so relaxed. Ears straight up in the air. He's clocking Cattle River with his right ear. He knows where Cattle River is going. Now, watch yeah. Cattle River come up to him. He comes up to his throat, uh, his, his hip, and Concertor moves up a, another length. Now, no, no, Cattle River looks look like he looks exactly like Concertor in the San Vicente. It's like the roles are reversed here in this exactly. video. Exactly. All right, but look at Concertor. He's loving it. He is loving the chase. So now. He's just going to open up because he's relaxed. He's been relaxed. He's been playing a game. This is all a game. And he says, okay, you're going to let me run? I'm going to run because I'm being chased. Look at me. I'm like a yearling on the field. And who's looking like Concertor in the San Vicente all over the track? Cattle River. Bruno, doesn't it remind you of the Derby winner from last year? Yeah, absolutely. Authentic wanted to be chased. <laughs> So now, so now we, we have a basic idea of who Concertor is. He plays the game. He, you know, he wants to go out there and be chased. Now, let's see what he did when he is not comfortable. He breaks well. Ryder <laughs> asks him to go. Why did he Florence Giroux? Yeah, this was, Bruno, this is what we talked about. Going into the race, so I knew the guru was not going to give up the rail again. There was no Brian, way. Brian, hold on, though. Hold on. Hold on. I want you to see a difference. Look at what happens once Cattle River says he's going to go, right? Look at the rider here. He grabs him yep. right there. He grabs him. And with that is the chain of events that causes him not to be comfortable. Now he's trying to get him in there, but look at the hold the rider's got him on him. He just right, took right. a double hold. Remember in the in the rebel, he was letting him roll. Now Cattle River is in the catbird seat. Now he's going, I got you now, pal. When I watched this unfold, Bruno, the first thing I, I the first thing I said to myself was, why doesn't let him go? Why are you holding him back? Can you answer that? I'm not trying yeah, to be a, because, not you know, to be a he smart thought, ass here. Yeah, because he didn't he does not realize that this horse wants to be chased. Very authentic, like. Yes, and, and I totally see now agree. Cattle River is playing cat and mouse with him. Absolutely. Right. So this and looks like a it. replay of the Vincente. Same thing. He was uncomfortable. Yeah. He went he's uncomfortable. He, 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 it, it tightens him up. He has to work harder. So now he's asking him to go, and he responds. But he's already 
people don't realize how much energy he's already put out. Big time. Yeah, and let, Bruno, let me ask you this. I know that that Rosario, he didn't he didn't want he couldn't cross over him, but they went twenty two forty six. I mean, they were rolling. I mean, I don't know how much faster he could have gone to get in can front I, of the Can two. I be honest, Brian? If he lets him roll and he opens up, I think he doesn't get beat. He's gone. Yep, I agree. But you know, you that he, he would have to go 22 flat at that point. I mean, right, because- well, that's right. But the, the point is, guys, here, the whole point is, Brian, is that you have to put your horse in a position of comfortability. And comfortable for him is when he's being chased. Look but at authentic. He, uh, look, look, yeah, Brian, look at authentic. When 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 that day that he didn't break against um, what was the name of that horse? Honor code horse. Um, Honor AP. Honor AP. When he didn't break that day, right? And now let's look at that race. That was what the um, Santa, Santa Anita Derby Santa rescheduled Derby? June right, of last right, year. Right. Hey, Bruno. Yeah. When I was at the Derby, we were, me and a bunch of guys were watching Constitur the ten minutes prior, and he was so on edge, it wasn't even funny. So yeah, he was. I I saw the same thing. I saw the same thing. He was on edge, and you know what? If you would have let him roll, he would have relaxed. Was it ho- he grabbed him. You know, he did the opposite thing. He thought by grabbing him, he'd get him to relax. Completes the Wasn't Hosier also getting sweaty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hosier, let's talk about Hosier later. I want you to see authentic. Okay, authentic here, right? He doesn't break. So now he's going to be forced. And look at the rider. The rider's grabbing. If the grabber would have, rider would have sent, he would have cleared easily. But he doesn't. He grabs him here four wide. Look at the hold he's got on him. Totally misunderstanding this horse. So now you got authentic in the concertor position. He's not going to be comfortable behind that other horse. And this is where Barkley Tag and Tistelaw completely missed the bus. Look at the hold he's got. He's got his feet in the stirrups. Look at the hold. That's a lot of energy that that horse is putting out. And and Brian, you have to think in the in, in, in the mode of energy. Why is it that a horse goes wire to wire and goes 21 and 4, 44 and 1, and goes wire to wire, and then it goes 22, 45, and he can't he can't finish. Bruno, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is I understand the energy expended when he's fighting, but there's also going to expend energy with Garou not giving up the rail. They go on some kamikaze mission going 22-44. They're both going to be dead when they turn for home either way. I don't, know if, if, I don't know if Concertor would have been dead. If he got the lead, he would have been happy. And then he would have just messed with the other horse. Look at Authentic. He's doing the same thing. He won't go by. He won't kick. He's done. Well, you, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding, Bruno, Bruno, and you looked at the three videos of Concert Tour. In the San Vicente, he ended up having a tough time. In the Rebel, he ran away and hid, and he got in that rhythm. And then here he did. He did a replay of the San Vicente in the Arkansas Derby. He was out of gas. Right. You know, and, 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 and people say, well, he bounced, he did this, he did that. He needs to lead. Bruno, I think I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I think, yes, he would have been more comfortable if he could have crossed over, if he would have been able to do it easier than going a lot faster than, than you know, 20, than he did. 22 and 3 is moving. If we had to go 22, well, what I'm saying, the thing that got exposed more than anything else, you know, aside from him fighting, is his distance limitations. He's just not a mile and an eighth horse. I, I disagree with that. I He didn't have anything left in the tank. I mean, 
He's fighting Rosario the whole freaking way around the track, expending energy. I mean, being pulled on and not not allowing him to relax and get out front. Of course, you're going to be gassed. It's going to be, you're going to appear that you're not going to want to go a mile and a quarter. I might be a fool when I say this, but I hope he goes to the derby and they send him and say, "Catch me, boys." I mean, that's a good point. Let's watch. Let's watch him down the stretch. But let me ask you, how fast would he have had to go to cross over? Stop on the looking street? at that. It's about comfortability. He was never comfortable. So why do you want to put your horse in a comfortable in a in a in a, in a position that he's uncomfortable in? When if he sends them, there, there was I, I can show you on the replay. Let's watch the head on Brian, and I can show you where the mistake was made. You're not. You're never going to convince me that a horse going twenty two forty four at a mile and an eighth is going to keep going because you're not watching a behavior, Brian. You, you are you are you are stuck on not watching behavior. This behavior says I cannot be held held back. Let's see what he does down the lane here. There he is drifting in. Now he's going to drift out. It's the same thing he did in the seventh Sunday. Drift nearly as bad though. Cattle River is doing the same thing. Yeah. So what's his excuse? He went to the lead in twenty two. He was comfortable and he stopped because he can't go that far either. That's what I just said. Distance limitations. You can't take the pressure. You can't take the pressure. You can't. Distance limitations for both of them is what I'm trying to tell you. Under certain conditions. Cattle River wasn't grabbed. I know, and he still stopped. So that's what I'm saying. So what, but, what else? But, but, but if you watch the race, he actually had enough in the lane to pass Concertor. Brian, let me show you where the race was lost for Concertor. First 50 yards. Okay, so watch. He lets him roll. He breaks like a rock. Yeah, he's got the lead. Okay, he lets him roll right here. Then watch Joel. Watch Joel. Right here. He takes it out of him, right there. But he knows that Giroux's not going to get the lead. Now look at Florence Giroux. Giroux's going to look right over them and see what he's doing. And he's going to grab two. But that's what I'm saying. One of them had to give, and it was Rosario. And the Rebel, it was Giroux. Both of them gave going into right the Right here, Giroux's got a hold on him. Right there. Giroux, look at Giroux. He's holding him. Now, cause, you know, if he lets him go and says, I'm going to blitz you and open up. I mean, I don't know how much Oakland you've watched this meeting, but 22 and 3 probably has to be the quickest Stop, quarter going two turns that get I've seen. Get off the time. Brian, get off the time. I'm not going to get off the time because that's fast. That's too fast. Brian, get off the time. You're, you're concentrated on the time and you're not concentrating on what that behavior shows you. That was jockey error. And he probably did it because he was under, under instructions. Of course he, he did. Was. He, was under, he was under instructions to not go get fried on the lead with the two. That's what the instructions are. Brian, it's right in front of you. If you're looking at body language. I guess the question becomes, if, if Concert Tour had been ridden, like you're talking about, Bruno, let's say as he was going up the backstretch, let's say Rosario hypothetically let him lose, he could have potentially opened him up by two lengths and then done the same thing and toyed with Caddo River had he been ridden as you're, as you're he saying. He would have relaxed. Right. This is the key. And, Brian, this is the key. He would have relaxed. Because he could have gone 21 and 4, Brian, I think is, is what, what I'm hearing right now between you and Bruno is, let's say he could have opened up 21 and 4 in that opening quarter, but then when he got to the half-mile pole, he would have been happy like he was in the Rebel, and he would have been able to take a breather, and Caddo River would have been out of sorts because he but, would have not lead, and then 
who knows what would have happened by then, right? In the, in the Rebel, he went 23 and change, and now he's going 22 and change. It's oh, that's right. Okay. Book. But again, you, okay, the Rebel was what? Mile and a 16th? Yes, a mile and a 16th. Okay. This was a mile and an eighth. At a mile and a 16th, they have a shorter run to the first turn. So they have to negotiate the turn. Therefore, your first quarter is going to be affected. At a mile and an eighth, you have more of an eighth of a mile plus to get to the turn. Therefore, you're going to have a faster time. See, my, my question, I understand the body language and he was fighting because we talked about this right after. I get he's expending energy. But I'm just saying at what cost would he have expended energy to get to the top had he crossed over? I mean, OK, you use up this much energy fighting him. And you use this much energy trying to just just letting him do what he wants to do. Okay, so say he goes twenty-one and four the first quarter. You think turning for home he would have okay. broke again? I, I'll answer that with this: How many first-time starters or second-time starters you see go twenty-one and four, forty-four and two, draw off in the lane on an easy lead and win, and then you get the same horse the next time out goes twenty-two, forty-five, and cracks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but at a mile and an eighth. You see firsters go a mile and an eighth. Ryan, it's 21. about relaxing and being comfortable. But let me ask, ask you this question. If he goes 21 and four, do you think he's re breaks in the lane like he didn't? I don't have my crystal ball. I left it at home. Okay. But what I'm saying is it, it's unlikely for him to go 21 and four because, Brian, riders are not going to do that. You and I all agree on that, right? That's what you're saying he should have done, whatever it took to get to the front. What okay. it was, he was told, if Cattle River goes, you sit. There were so mm -hmm. many little little things. I agree with that. that. I agree with that. In racing. And, and, you know, for example, you know, when you go into the paddock and there's five speed horses, right? Four out of those five trainers are going to say, there's a lot of speed in here. Take back. <laughs> Guess what happens? There'll be one trainer that says, just do what you want to do. Speaking that horse will go to lead. Everybody grabs a hold. He's gone. How many times we see that? That's why I say it's 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 when I hear people say, well, there's three speeds in the race and they're going to fall apart and this closer is going to run in. What that is a novice way of thinking because that doesn't happen. Nine out of ten races like that don't run that way. My experience says. You'd be better off as a, as a race watcher if you can identify that particular type of horse. Because then you can play that game and figure and try you play the game with them. And see if you can beat them. I used to do that. I had a horse with uh, Nick Hines and I told David Cohen, go after the, the, the pace setter. If you look him in the eye, he'll stop. Problem is, David just couldn't keep up with him. He ended up running second and he exhausted his own horse, but it was the right thing to do. Bruno. Yes, Paul. Let me ask a question to you and Brian. I got this information from the stuff that Ron put out. Now the last three furlongs, correct me if I'm wrong, was ran in 39.5, right? Is that it's correct? Crawling. Okay. So Brian, what you're saying, if he would have ran 21.4, what do you think the last three furlongs would have been for that group? Oh, come on, Paul. There's no way you can do yeah, that. I, I have no idea. I mean, I understand on, that. Paul. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, 
39.5 is slow, isn't it? For through last three furlongs, he would have been more relaxed. All right, he would have been playing the game now. If he fit, look, he fell apart the last the last hundred yards. I agree. I mean, I was there. I was watching it right there. But I'm, but what that I'm tells is, me what that tells me is that when he's held like that, right, and he's fought with like that, he falls apart. Look, uh, Brian, the seven Sente was a slow race too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But listen, all insummation is what I'm trying to say. I agree with your body language. I can see he's fighting. My whole thing is I think the outcome would have been the same had he gone head and head or had he tried to clear and gone really fast. I think he still would have stopped. And he, he sat, he fought, and he stopped. You don't I think, know. I think the end you result would have been the same. You don't know. You yep, don't know. No, that, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, but I, you I, don't know. Just like you don't know if he would have stopped or not. It's the same thing. You don't know if but he would have gone out there. My point is I would rather – have the horse be comfortable on the front end. Mm-hmm. That's exactly you what cannot, I said. You myself. take your horse out of the comfortable, comfortable level, and that's what happens. I think. That Guys, horse's if, best race is if you try to let him run. That they haven't let that horse run his best race yet. Can I show you Maybe. guys the race? Maybe. Okay, Bruno. But what you're not taking into account is: Do you think that Guru was ever going to give up the rail there? I think if if uh, Contratore sends, he sits. But he did that in the last time, and he got roasted for it. No, and he quit. He 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 basically bluffed that he was going to go to the lead like that and send, and he scared the hell out of uh, Rosario and Rosario. Just like, yeah, just like you're saying, the Rosario was under instructions to take a hold. I think Guru was under instructions to to get the lead at whatever cost. So I don't know if he would ever given up the fence because he got. I mean, he got lambasted for giving it up last time. Well, I, I'm look. All I can do is react to what I'm seeing. I want to guys. I want you to guys to watch Secretariat's Preakness. Okay. What What my point is, he was dead last, right? He didn't break, and he made a move, and he put him in, into his. He, the, what they did is they put him. He put Secretariat into his comfort zone, letting him run. Bruno, I can't be the only one that's thinking this right now. You're comparing. What I'm comparing is the greatest horse of all time, Brian. Brian, for the love of God, I'm not comparing Scornsator to Secretariat. I'm comparing the factor that Ron Turcott let that horse do what he was comfortable to do. That is my point. Did you, you know? So now, anything though, he didn't have a comfort. He could do whatever he wanted. No, no, he did have a comfort, and he knew he had a comfort. Because he moved the horse on the first turn. Yeah, because he was sitting on a car. I mean, that's not it's not even a horse. Okay, you're, you're just you just don't want to you don't want to get it. I, I mean, I understand, Brian, you have your opinion and you have every right to it, but you're not getting it. This is the zone that Sir, uh, Secretariat wanted to run in. That was his comfortable zone that fast. And being that fast, he could do it where another horse tries that he can't. But he was comfortable at that. My whole point is comfortability. That's it. You let the horse do what he is comfortable in doing. And some horses have an incredible high rate of speed within their comfort zone. You take them out of their comfort zone, they don't. But Bruno, that that horse pre-race wasn't even comfortable. He was edgy. He was nervous. I could tell. Yeah, he was. You know? It was crazy, man. 
You know, he was edgy. But I don't know him very well in the paddock. Have you looked at him in the paddock before, Brian? Yeah, he's always been on his toes like that. And he kind of runs, he, he kind of runs with his head high. And he's always been the kind of horse that's always on the muscle. So I don't know. I didn't see him in the post. He's kind of, he's kind of like you, right? You're always on the muscle. A little bit, yeah. Just chomping at the bit. Like I said, Paul Yeah, yeah you are. You would be like concertor and secretariat. A little bit, yeah. And then yeah. at the end, I find... <laughs> and, I find you know, because I know one thing. I and, and I had an experience with Brian. We lived together for six weeks, seven weeks at Saratoga. It was a great time. There was a couple of times I wanted to put my arms around his neck. Trust me. Only you know? a couple? Only a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gave you a hug the other times when I wanted to strangle you. That's true. But... but like, Paul was saying, right. Paul, saw, Paul saw it up close, and that's what I'd seen at Santa Anita. I didn't see him like Paul did this time, but if he was on the muscle, I don't know if he got washed out or whatever. No, he, he didn't. Was, he he did not wash out. He wasn't washed out. Oh, he didn't Brian, wash out. Yeah, I didn't he one time, you got to remind Bruno, this is you're the greatest tire ever. This is the greatest. You know, I mean, it has to be. You know what? I should just open every time I come on here with, with that just to remind him. No, no, no. That's fine. But my, my thing is with Brian – with Brian, you you know, and I'm going to use Brian's, you know, uh, dynamic. I know one thing that I could just let Brian loose and he'll do the job. But sometimes you got to grab the reins because Brian has a tendency to run off. What I learned with my time with Brian is, is just drop the reins and let him do it. And he's going to know whether he did it wrong or, or he's going to figure it out. And there was a couple of times that he came to me and said he would question me on some of the things that I was doing. And then later he would say, you're right, boss. Am I right, Brian? Yeah, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not fighting what you're saying. The comfortability, I understand what you're saying. I totally get that. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Not, I understand. He, he wasn't comfortable. I get that. But if he crosses over at what cost? That's the only thing I'm saying. That's, but that, that, that's going, see, this, this is going beyond what we're talking about. I would have. We're looking at here is, is, is to educate on what a horse looks like when he's not comfortable. That's all we're talking about, strictly the body language. Then, of course, Rosario made the wrong move. Ron, you want to chip in? No, I, I, I would, I, God, I'd love to play the role of Henry Kissinger here or, or somebody newer than that um, and, and be the diplomat. I, I mean, I, I see merit in everything that's being said. I just don't know that you guys are talking with one another. Yeah, Bruno, if you're fighting a horse and you're playing tug of war with the horse early on, well, of course the horse is going to get tired. But if I see, look, if I see fractions that are blown off the charts and Bruno, yeah, I'm looking more at the horses, but I can cast a gaze to the 22 and four, and it doesn't take me but the bat of an eye, and it's less time than it takes to watch them emerge from behind the goddamn trees on half these courses. I can look at that, and there's a point to be made there, too. So, and now you're, you guys are trying to stare into each other's crystal balls, and I don't want to see you guys staring into each other's crystal balls, just to try to figure out how this is going to apply to the next race. Well... That's the $64 million question, and I think you could both be right. So there you go. I whoa, played Henry Kissinger. Whoa, 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 whoa. What I'm saying is that what we saw there and the race, the way it was run, that was a product of the way the race came about. You had two horses that were tired. Because they were, they, one of them was being was being dragged down the, you know, for the first half a mile and wasn't comfortable. And Cattle River is not that good, at going a mile and an eighth. 
So when you look at that, I'm looking at another piece of information for you, too. Um, but so when they come home in 39, guys, that's that's not fast. That's slow. The run up for the mile and a 16th and the mile and an eighth is both 60 feet. But guys, the 60 feet at nine furlongs at Oakland, they start below, before the eighth pole. They have a furlong and a half to accelerate before hitting the turn. Maybe actually, maybe just a furlong, a furlong. The mile and a 16th race starts 60 feet beyond the mile and a 16th. They have less than a 16th of a mile before they have to go into the turn. One went 23 and one, one went 22 and three. I guarantee you those are same identical splits because they had in the mile and an eighth a whole furlong to accelerate where they didn't at a mile and a sixteenth. Those splits were almost identical the way they ran and put their energy through. Can anybody understand the way my mind thinks when I look at that? The point is, is that those horses have chinks in their armor. This isn't about, oh, we're going to like them into the derby because we don't know yet. However, I want answers when I go into the derby to handicap and what am I going to find? Now, Hozier was brought up. Hozier was never comfortable, too. And I'm going to show you why. And I think Brian and I will totally agree with this. I think the pack right in behind going into that first turn was they were all pretty uncomfortable. I think uh, get her number either clipped heels or somebody bumped him because he went really wide in there too. the five. So there was He's a lot bad of trouble. behind Brian. I watched him walk in. He's very, very narrow behind. I mean, narrow. Look where Hozier is. He's smack in the middle of him. Get her numbers is not comfortable being between horses. And now he comes out of there. That yeah. is a, that is a product of him not wanting to be in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There was only one horse comfortable. Just the one horse there. Yeah, the one the one sat the trip. Where is Ozier right now? Between horses. Stuck between horses. Okay. And by the way, they went 46 and 2. What was the final time? 151. Anybody want to guess what the last five eighths of that was? 104 and 2. This whole stretch run is an optical illusion. 104 and 1. I mean, to try to simplify illusion right here. I think Superstock just won the war of attrition, though. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, he did. He he was the only one standing at the end of the race. And this guy, people are going to go, oh, my God, he was flying. They went 104 and 1. By the way, Paul, you can't count. It's well, no, you can count. It's 39 and 3. 39 and 3, the last three eights. They went the last five eights in 104 and 3. The last mile was 138 and 1. And that's why I was asking about the 39.5. I mean, does it is this a mute point? 
It is. It, 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 well, it's about. It's not about the discuss. Okay, this is not about discussing who's going to fucking win the derby. Okay, but, I understand oh, that. Okay, it's okay. It's not that. It's I about. It's about showing you how you break down a race and you identify individual horses for what they are. Get her number. You saw that, how he was thin behind. He's not going to, he didn't want to be in between horses. He checked himself out. But people will say, oh, he had trouble. All self-caused. Hosier, between horses, wanted no part of that. He wanted no part of being in between horses like that. And he found he was checking out at the three eighths pole. So when I break down a race, I break it down and how it was really run. Who benefited? Who was actually and you can write this down. Who was the horse that was comfortable and who wasn't? Because I want to be able to see and be able to credit horses next time they run with what I saw or what I didn't see. We got to stop making this, this idea that when you, oh, it's because you, we want to bet on the Derby. No, it's because you need to, and I mean in a general term, need to figure out what you are looking at in any race. Because if you don't do that, you will make the same mistakes as the people that are going to get all over getter numbers, he had trouble, he finished great, he's my horse. Oh, Superstock ran great. They never once look at the last five-eighths, at the last three-eighths, never look at the entire body of the race. All they do is they see that stretch run, oh, he was fine. No, he wasn't. While they were finishing in 39-1, and one, he finished in 38-4. and four. And I'm going to direct you, Paul. You need to stop and get off of, oh, well, betting on the Derby. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what I'm trying to show you. I'm I understand to what you're trying to show us, Bruno. All I'm saying was with the speed, because you and Brian were talking about the times. And if he would have won a faster time, all I wanted to know was what your opinion was. He might have finished in 38 and 3 and won the race. Okay. He might have. He might have. He might have not. But my I, mean, I was happy. Is, I, I nailed the trifecta, so I was happy. But I'm okay. Then shut up thinking. and get back. Sit back down and have a drink. Okay. Bye. <laughs> what drinks are you having? What are you drinking? Heaven Hill. Oh, get out of here. Dude, Heaven Hill bourbon. Oh, get back over there. Have okay. one for me. I can't drink tonight. You know. But understanding what you're seeing, guys. This is the whole thing. Is understanding what you are seeing. And getting away from the mentality of what you hear in in day in and day out. I, I maybe I don't get myself across. Uh, give me some feedback. Is that what you're getting from my energy here? I was oh, hoping somebody else talk. I was Bruno. I was hoping that when you had mentioned in the email that Laz was going to be on tonight, and we would spend time on this race because. I was thoroughly confused the first 100 yards into the race myself when I'm watching it Saturday. I'm, I'm F-bombing profusely, wondering why Rosario sends, get him going. Let him run. All right, come and catch me. 
relax some fractions, you know, and, and, and let him catch his breath a little bit. And if they run him down, they run him down. I don't think Rosario did him any favors at all. And if it came from Baffert himself, that's even more perplexing to me because Baffert is the speed. I mean, he trains for speed. He talks about getting the horse out of the gate, getting position. The first 100 yards of the race, to me, Rosario just let him go for some reason. And, and then that's the question that nobody – can answer is why do you take back? I think I think the whole pre-race rhetoric that Cattle River and everybody was talking on Twitter mm-hmm. that Agree. he go no matter what and he wasn't going to give up the lead. It got into those people's heads. Yep, heads. Yep. And I hope he goes in the Derby, and I, I do. And um, send him out and get him going. And hey, if if they run us down in the final, that's fine. But at least we gave it a freaking shot. He's on the front end doing what he does relaxing and say come and get me boys and if you're that good you can close in that's fine i have no issue with that and i, I was frustrated brian you want to comment yeah no I, I i could i mean i would be safe to say that it was it did come from bob and i'll tell you one thing we actually saw it we saw that we saw in the san vicente they tried to teach him how to sit and the end result was that he won so they thought okay he sat once we tried to teach him that if don't go go ahead and head we think he can sit and he can win again. He's just as good to win again. Now, they were obviously wrong, but I definitely think that Rosario was told that. You don't do it. We sat in one before. We can sat and win again. We can sit and win again. That's what and, I was Brian, and that good point. Some, there's some validity to that because in his work um, uh, before he went to Oakland, uh, he went 112 and out. He yeah. got out like a mile. He picked it up at every pole and he finished really strong. That's what they've he, been trying he to do. He relaxed teach. early, but he worked by himself. He didn't have anybody around him. Now, sure. let me ask you something. Did the Rosario ride him in the San Vicente? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, when he worked the other day, he did give, you know, that, uh, that, that feeling that he could just roll and then pick it up and get stronger as he goes. I think that they said, let's play the break. If you can do what you did in the Rebel and you can see that Florin is going to take back, then go. But right. if you play the break, we, they told him, I think we can sit. I think we can win. So he, he, he did it by, by, I think, by instruction. And it, they paid the price for it. And by the way, since that race in the Rebel, if you notice what Florence Giroux has done, he's like one for 30. Akeem. Yeah. He won a couple on, uh, at Oakland that day. But, well, but right, you know, right. But, but since then, when he went to Keeneland, yeah, and, and I think that race got in his head. I agree. He took, a, like I said, he took a lot of backlash for that ride for not not keeping the rail and not going. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think it was his fault, but you know how people are. They're all great when you know when they're on yeah, behind the keyboard like on Twitter. Yeah, but like you're saying, that could have got into his head because you're right. He yeah. hasn't been winning as much as he did. I, I, I really think social media gets in the head of jockeys. Yeah. Hey, completely. Hear the pot even more. You know, of course, Tom, get in there. Um, uh, same same trainers Cattle River as uh, essential quality three weeks out. Essential quality is a different animal. And right. mandolin. But, but no, take make concert tour stress himself three weeks out. Well, that could be a point too. You know, but um, I mean, essential quality is just a different animal. Uh, Ron, couple things. Look at Baffert's history. 
he has never had a Derby winner that finished worse than second in his last prep. Wyatt was second, correct. Second, so was uh, Silver Charm. And the last four have been all been winners. So if you follow him at his word and he says, okay, you want him to finish top two. So then does he go no concert tour, go into the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit being his horse? Okay. Or does he not go at all? And you say, wait a minute. Oh, that's mind blowing. When was the last time Baffert did not go to the Derby? was 2017. That was the year Always Dreaming won the Derby, and Abel Tasman won the Kentucky Oaks for Bob Baffert. So that's just a little bit of history there, if you're he wondering. He doesn't have anybody for the Oaks. He He's got that beautiful filly. Um, yeah, she ran, second, be- she ran second in the, in the Oaks the other day behind uh, yeah. Mandela's filly. But, beautiful gift? Yeah. yeah. But Ron, beautiful gift. you have to think about Baffert. Baffert is a very good handicapper. He sits there oh, yeah. and, and wait if one of the horse speed horses comes out. He's going to go in there. I, I think he's going to go if one of the speed horses comes out. Okay, so you're talking about Cattle Rivers 1. Highly motivated, probably another one. Highly motivated. Midnight Bourbon. Those horses, no, no, no. Midnight Bourbon can't keep up with Constructor. No, okay, not at all. No did, I, did I see no something on uh, today? I don't know if it was social media or... That uh, Cattle River is possibly pointing towards the Preakness is going to skip the Derby. Did anybody else see that? I've heard that it. could be a possibility. Somebody else did hear it. Okay, I thought. Okay, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, let me uh, let me let me throw out two other questions for you here. And Louisiana Derby, you were talking about uh, Midnight Bourbon finished in twelve seven and thirty seven seven and no. got a ninety six buyer. No, okay. no, you're looking at numbers. I'm looking okay. at the horse. No, he's All weak. Right. He won't finish. He's not as fast as them, and, and he'll crack at the quarter pole. No. All right. Let me ask you the essential quality question that begs uh, asking. If not for the last four strides of the bluegrass, he loses in the last 10 favorites all he lost didn't. in the prep. But he didn't. But here's he what didn't. I want to ask Why? you. So, Zenyatta... So if you take all the strides that Zenyatta took to win in her 20 race win streak, 19, was it 20? Then 19 then, of 20, I mean, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I've seen her in three strides be able to get. No, he won because he knows how to win. Okay. All right. But let me ask you this. Remember that he was going to go in the Southwest Stakes 12 days sooner than it wound up being. And so now his race schedule got compressed. No. In I your opinion, does that affect him? Doesn't bother him. Okay. Nothing bothers him. Because yeah, they, okay. bother, they called the auto. Look at the way he ran. Look, look what he did to Keelan in the Breeders' Cup in his third start. Look what he, you, and, and this is exactly the way I wrote his behavioral. We went back and look, I went back and, and I refreshed my memory. First time out, he didn't break. He didn't break. He didn't know what he was doing for the first half a mile. He moved between horses. He didn't know if he wanted to go through. He went through. Then he got behind horses. He had to check. You know, and he came back and then he turned around and exploded. He learned on the dime. He was like, boom, 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 boom. Okay. I know what to do now. Bruno, how do you rate highly motivated for being able to go mano a mano with essential quality? Depends if he's if central quality just didn't break him. So is this the same sort of thing? What was Chad's horse to finish second in the Derby? What was that horse? The yeah, one that justify uh, beat. Good magic. Good, good magic. magic. Good magic. Is it the same thing? He could have gotten his heart broken here? Uh, you know, he also could gut him. It could gut him. You know, because he had to run as hard to where 
where essential quality is already ready mentally to do something like that. I think horses get broken mentally, not physically. Is it fool's gold to maybe chase having highly motivated on a derby ticket? Let's say I know we're looking ahead. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Now, now this is why I want to watch them train because then I can see the difference in how highly motivated carries his weight into the derby. Brian, give me your, your assessment of that race. Essential quality. No, just that assessment. Well, I mean, I think, I think he's been professional from day one. Like you mentioned, he's versatility. He can be, he attacked highly motivated early. Like he needed to. He's also come from further back and won. He's just a versatile and gritty horse. He's not flashy. He does what it needs. And those are the kind of horses. I mean, you have to put a little bit more of an asterisk. I mean, a little bit more of an oomph going into the Derby because you know, he's not pace dependent. You know, he, you know, he, he doesn't have to be on the lead or he doesn't have to be far back. He's just a horse that kind of sits himself wherever he needs to be. That's so, a great point. That's a horses, great point. He's not like pace that. dependent. Yeah. Horses. horses like that, you have to upgrade that, that just, you know, they make their own race. Is he an alpha dog, Bruno? Yes. Like the, I think, like, he's a very, I think, you know what it is? I think he's a more cerebral horse. What you saw do on the first turn and the second lifetime start to get over, I saw Fupeg do. Fupeg was in, incredibly smart. Fupeg was a bleeder, a bad bleeder, and he bled bad in the Preakness. That was his problem. But Fupeg also had his issues. What I saw Fupeg do was almost a similar it was his third lifetime start. He had just broken his maiden in a four-horse field at Santa Anita, and he stretched him out. And he was in an allowance field. And there was, it was going in a mile, a mile and a sixteenth. And there was three horses in front of him, and he was down on the rail through the first turn at Santa Anita. And he moved laterally across all three and forward to where he was able to get over into the backstretch. And he didn't lose one inch moved across the three-horse set on the turn and engaged them before they got out of the turn. That, to me, showed me an incredible amount of athleticism, of awareness, and, and the ability to do so and not cost him anything. And he won that race. And what I saw him do in the derby, I mean, uh, Brian, you remember Fupeg. He was a stalker, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he had enough natural speed where he could he could go to the lead if he wanted to. Because I think when he won at Belmont, I'm not sure what the prep was at a mile. The Wood Memorial? No. Uh, no, was it Wood Memorial? I think he won the Jerome or something along those lines. I think he, he he won the Jerome, something like that before. But he went quick in that race, so he had enough natural speed where he could be in the front if he wanted to. But you're right, his mind he was quirky, but he had a great mind though. You know, he finished. He came from dead last in the Derby. He oh, yeah. hit every hole. Yeah. Huh. Kent had him way back in the derby. Well, what happened? Yeah. He didn't break. Kent had him way back. And I wa- and that was my first derby ever. And I was sitting in the press box. And I did not have a seat outside to see the derby. But a guy from Chicago, Chicago, a great town. The guy said, is this your first derby, kid? He goes, yes. He goes, I'm going to watch it inside. You can have my spot. So I was right on the wire. And I could watch the race. And I watched Kent hit every hole inside with Fupeg hit every hole Fupeg had it up here even though he's a little quirky he had it up here he could do it when he was when he was sound 
But what I found that, with that, that essential quality, see, Brian, you're absolutely right. Again, I'm giving you too many props. I'm going to regret it later. You know, it has to even out somehow. He's trying to oh, make up on. with you. We always argue. Ron, I'm, 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 this is second nature to me. We have to make, we have to spice up these shows. I mean, it can't, chat, can't be you just chanting to the crowd the whole time and everybody nodding. Oh, their I know. Head. I know. Need a little I know. Fire in here yeah, it's like yeah, listening to Dr. Laura a after a while. In here exactly. exactly. I got the Italian blood that, that's fiery and he's got the Cuban blood that's fiery, you know? Um, by the way, you did not want to live with us for seven weeks. Didn't, didn't want that. No way. You know, he would come out of his room rolling when he go in something happened that he didn't like. We had a good time, though. Um, you, you hit it right on the head is that a lot of people look at horses and, and like them for being flashy. And a lot of people don't like essential quality because he isn't flashy. But when you watch him, you appreciate him. You really do. So, and I've seen a lot of posts about other horses and known agenda and this horse and that horse. None of them have the moxie this guy has. I've seen it only a few times. Smarty Jones, Fupeg, Orb. Ron was talking about the alpha male horses that, I mean, they create, you said Fupeg and how Kent steered them through all the holes or did Fupeg create the holes just by his presence. So did Street Sense. Street Sense may very hole on the inside too. You know, those are horses like you were saying. They're they're quick enough because those holes open and close a lot in the Derby. So if you're yes. quick enough to get in there, they were and they, they yes. you know that, that's an attribute that, that not a lot of horses possess. Right. I think you need to really listen to Ron Flyer Esquire about the rewinding because there was a lot of information being used there that we were talking about. And, and sometimes, you know, Ron, sometimes you and I could talk about the same thing or, you know, any, any other individual and, and another person can mm -hmm. talk the same thing, but just the way we're saying it, yeah. it comes out different. So yep. you, 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 you know, but we're really saying the same thing, but it, it's, it's, it's coming out in a different way. And I thought, that was the set of the things that Brian and I were discussing. And then you brought up a couple of, you know, you like King Fury and you made a bet on him in the Lexington and, um, and you won. And I, you know, and I mentioned you got lucky, but in the end, it's better being lucky than good. Well, at least this particular time that was the case. I'll hopefully cash a few more, however I managed to do it. And hopefully anyone listening will be able to use the knowledge and the education they're getting from all this to deepen their reservoir of, of uh, acumen deep in their reservoir of acumen whatever that means just cash tickets that's what we're looking to do but you, you just said the right thing i find a lot of people that just want to know who's the winner yeah and they don't want to take the time yeah. to listen and to learn and to be educated or educate others by just explaining things and showing things that they don't get any other place yeah yeah we're going to hear more and more of that as the derby gets closer because how many thousand right. times do you hear right before the derby who do you like? And you'll hear it more times in the two days before the Derby than you hear it the entire rest of the year. Just giving a horse does not tell anybody mm. anything. What's the thing? Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for life. I had salmon tonight. Did you really? I'm having steak. Yes. I went fishing for, Good for a, you. I went fishing for beef. Well, Ron, you have a great trip, and I can't wait to see you out here in Kentucky. 
and we will talk to everybody next week. Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.